This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, brought to you by Breeden RV Center. Breeden RV Center, family owned and operated, a no pressure, laid back atmosphere, and always home of the free maintenance for life. This podcast is powered by the pros at Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Arkansas owned, Arkansas operated. GoPascal.com. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. I'm always high on the hogs, guys. I'm high. Well, I'm not high right now, but my day is young. My odometer's way up there. I'm that 2018 that's already got 130,000 miles on it. The Razorbacks rush across the field to get that boot. Tommy, Chuck, and Ty, you guys are the gold standards of sports talk radio. He bleeds to Arkansas. Here is Simeon Blair yesterday on the SEC image they're trying to protect. Not only for us, but for our conference. The atmosphere is amazing because you have a lot of fans from each school there. So it's like it's loud for every single play. You're always hearing some type of noise. So we know it's going to be a neutral atmosphere, Chuck. You actually gave credit to Kansas fans earlier for having a good attendance. But he, again, brings up the SEC side of things. They want to protect that conference image. It's been so good so far in the bowl season. I guess, what, 0-2? So, yeah, somebody needs to win, and, you know, you think about that. I mean, those are things I think that are, frankly, more for, you know, public consumption than anything else, although I do think that is one of the motivating factors. But um, certainly you want to, I mean, you want to carry the banner for your school and for your hometown, your family, your conference, I mean, everybody. And, you know, everybody plays for different reasons. For some players, that may not mean a thing. Um, For other players, it might mean a lot. So, um, but I think obviously for Simeon anyway, that's something he's thought about. He was also asked about another year, which I thought Simeon was done, man. It is so hard to keep track of these COVID seniors. I think seniors, he's man. coming back. I think he's coming back. Yeah, he uh, he indicated, I know he's focusing right now, but it sure seems like that he might have some stuff left in the tank. So you have a guy, an in-state kid out of Pine Bluff that might be playing another season, but it's just hard to keep track of those. And I, I, it was either him or it was Dalton Wagner. I'm forgetting which one, but they brought up the idea of, like, we just got to get through one game. Maybe it was KJ, but, I mean, this is not the typical roster you'd go into SEC play with, but, Chuck, it's just one game that you're playing with before you can kind of get these new guys in here and and, and fulfill that roster, and that's kind of their approach heading this game tomorrow night. Well, I think there's kind of been a misconception that, you know, Arkansas is going to be without all these key players. They're going to be without a lot of guys who didn't play a lot during the course of the season. But, you know, the most glaring thing offensively is, you know, you, you, you've lost wide receivers. Um, that's the most glaring thing offensively. And then you look around on the defensive side of the ball, and obviously Bumper and Sanders aren't there. And um, But you knew that was going to be the case. And, you know, a lot of these other guys, I mean, I'm sitting here looking at the depth chart right now from the Liberty game. I just happen to keep. And the defensive side, I mean, I'm gonna, I got X's all over the place, guys that aren't here anymore. But, you know, the slusher, you know, you'd like to have a, a, a front-line defensive back still here. But, you know, it's not like Miles gave you the world every game. And most of those other guys, I mean, Nichols had lost his starting job to Hampton. It wasn't like Nichols was starting. That's part of the reason he entered the portal. Um, And you got a bunch of backups. So when you look at this game, I think that – I think the offenses are going to move the ball. You know, Kansas won five straight and then lost six of seven. And in large part, it was because of their defense. And so um, both quarterbacks are mobile. Both quarterbacks can run. Um, So, I mean, I I sort of think, you know – Neither defense has been all that hot this year, but one of them will probably be a little bit better than the other tomorrow, and that team will win. 
Let me ask you something, Chuck. Of the guys that <clears throat> Arkansas has lost, who do you think is going to show up maybe most visibly, or who do you think they're going to make? You kind of reference the offensive side. Is it Keytron? Oh, I don't know that there's one player. I mean, no, I, I don't. See, here's 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 the thing about this portal, and here's the thing about the guys that have left. I mean, when I look at the players, even on Arkansas's offensive roster, who've left, is there, is there a guy there that, you know, leads Atlanta? Is there a guy there that's the difference between you beating Alabama and not beating Alabama or playing a, a you know, uh, climb into a more elite level in the league? I, I don't think the answer is yes. And I say that respectfully to, um, you know, Keytron Jackson and some of the others. I mean, life's going to go on without them. And um, it's not like they were all Americans. I mean, uh, um, so, you know, I don't know who they're going to miss the most. I, I mean, I don't know. I think there's frankly been way too much focus on the people that aren't going to be there and not enough on the people who are. Um, you know, everybody talks about they want to see Isaiah Satania play. How come he's not playing so well? You're going to get a chance to see him. Um, we're going to find out if Bryce Stevens is good. Um, you know, Sam Bakke is going to get to play some. Um, I mean, there's going to be there's there's going to be guys there that don't. Now, it doesn't mean they're going to get balls thrown to them. Um, I think Arkansas is going to run and run and run and run some more. Um, but you know. Um, this is kind of how it shakes out, not just for Arkansas, but for everybody. But, I mean, who they're going to miss the most, I don't know. I mean, it'd be nice to have a possession guy like Hazelwood out there. Um, but defensively, I mean, shoot, you'd love to have Drew Sanders out there, that's for <laughs> sure. But, um, you know, I, I don't think that um, – I don't think we're going to look out there at any point in that ball game and honestly say, man, if Keetron Jackson was here – or if Miles Slusher was here, we'd have won that game. Or we'd have won by a bigger margin. Um, I just don't think those those are those guys are those type players, just 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 to be real honest. Now you referenced Drew Sanders, who ends up coming to Arkansas and becoming an all American linebacker and had an outstanding season for the Razorbacks. You think about the run of uh, really linebackers they've had the last couple of years with him, Grant Morgan, Hayden Henry, also Scooter Harris and whatnot. You're hoping the newest signee, Antonio Greer, who's coming over from USF, he had connections with uh, Coach Williams at when he was at UCF, they were thinking he was going to transfer down to Orlando. Now he's coming here to Fayetteville. Uh, he's kind of the last signee that they brought in. He's got a lot of different accolades, Chuck, from the American Conference. You're hoping that he kind of uh, acclimates quickly to SEC play. What did you think about their latest addition to the football team? Well, don't know a lot about him. We're going to find out. I mean, you can read the numbers and all that stuff, but it doesn't mean anything. You can watch the tape of USF playing um, UCF, and, you know, it still doesn't mean anything because you got to get to this league and you got to do it. I mean, he's another body and another candidate. He's a prospect. Um, that's what he is right now. He's got a lot of, as you say, a lot of people saying good things about him, but, you know, you got to come in and do it. The thing that I do like about what they're doing with linebacker right now. I think we saw it in recruiting, and I think we see it with guys like Pooh Paul and Jordan Crook. Is um, I like these linebackers that weigh about 230 pounds and can run. Um, you know, you look at what Arkansas signed. Look at the look at the heights and the weights of those linebackers, and you know, I look at what they're going to line up with. Uh, you know, tomorrow, and um, you know. I like, you know, Pooh Paul and Jordan Crook basically physically are almost identical. I mean, Paul's 6'1 and 230, and um, Crook's 6'2 and 232. Um, and if you look again at the kind of guys they've signed, I think that's what they're going for. And you look at this guy from USF, um, I think that's what they're going for. And I like that. Um, you got to have a combination of size and speed at that spot. Um, you know, the idea that you, you know, do like the big 12 and play a 210 pound linebacker, or 200 pound linebacker over there and get away with it every week. Uh, it just doesn't happen in this league. Guys like guys like Grant Morgan are the exception and Grant really built his body up as he was here too. Um, but you know, you gotta have, you gotta have guys away about two thirty can run like the wind. And, um, hopefully these guys can do that. 
Chuck, in your opinion, what's the hardest position to go from low major ball to power five football? Well, I don't know. I haven't been out there. Um, I think they're all pretty tough. I know the difference in the SEC is the great uh, defensive linemen. Um, that's what I think separates the SEC from all the other conferences. Um, but, you know, there's um, there's there, there's such a learning curve, and, and it's different for different guys. I mean, it's just different for different guys. But, you know, Arkansas for a long time had, you know, real struggles at linebacker um, and, you know, filling, filling that spot. And um, it seems like right now they've, they, you know, they've, and, and it helps that you don't have to play three linebackers anymore. You very rarely play three linebackers anymore. If you've got two or three good ones, you can, you know, you can go play. And um, Arkansas is better at that spot than they were. But I, um, you know, if I had to pick one spot, I mean, you know, you got to be good in that secondary. You got to tackle, you got to cover, you got to read, and you're generally playing five or six defensive backs. That's half your defense. So, um, you better be pretty good back there. Uh, you brought up the line of scrimmage, and I think a lot of our fans and our listeners, Chuck, just assume that the Razorbacks are going to dominate that tomorrow. Based on what you've watched of Kansas, does Arkansas have a clear advantage in that in that section? Well, both defenses have struggled to stop, uh, stop the other guys. And um, uh, Kansas, when you look at what happened with them early on, I mean, they won five straight games. They're 5-0. and oh. I mean, they were the, you know, they were the talk of college football, and then they lost six or seven. And a lot of it is because they've just given up a lot of points. Um, they've struggled to struggle to stop the run. Now, you know, I think Arkansas's offensive line, for all this stuff about transfers and what are we going to do here and there, your offensive line still is what controls the game, in my mind. And, you know, Arkansas, with the exception of Stromberg, Arkansas has got the same personnel there. And, you know, they're going to move Limmer over to center anyway. You know, to me, the question is, can you, you know, can Tykeese Crawford and Marion Harris hold up a guard? Um, if, if, if you can do that, you've got a chance to run the ball. I mean, Rocket's still there. Let's not forget, K.J. was the MVP last year at the bowl game in Tampa. They didn't throw the ball very much down there. Burks wasn't there. Um, it's kind of like this year. They just had a bunch of, bunch of prospects out there, not really, you know, Solid guys you felt confident throwing to. And I think Arkansas will do some similar things this year. I remember last year, you know, um, in, in, in my mind thinking, man, just run the ball. Just run the ball. They can't stop you. Run the ball. And I sort of think that, that if, if Arkansas does well tomorrow, that that's going to be the reason. Chuck, you mentioned the losing streak Kansas went on. I know they lost their starting quarterback. Is he back for this game, or is he still out for yeah, this season? Yeah, he's back. No, okay. he's back, and he's uh, he's a good player. He, he's a really dynamic guy. He's he's real similar to KJ. He's not as big as KJ, slender, um, but he's um, he's good. I mean, he can play, and uh, he was a big part of you know that fast start for them, but. You know, Kansas has got good, good, good personnel. I mean, they've got good personnel. This um, uh, now they didn't. They've also got you know, and I'm going to be anxious to see what they do in terms of you know playing the guy who played while Daniels was out. Both these guys have pretty good numbers, and the one thing that they've done, um, and I give their offensive coordinator credit for this, just like I give Kendall Bryles credit for it. They've taken quarterbacks who are not natural passers, not, you know, guys that just throw it all over the field, um, but they've turned them into 68 69% completion guys with a lot of touchdowns and very few interceptions. I mean, between the two quarterbacks at Kansas, you've got um, 27 touchdown passes and six interceptions. And that's just like with KJ, you got 22 touchdown passes and four interceptions. So they've done very good jobs of maximizing what the quarterbacks do well and minimizing what they don't. And Daniels is, is a lot like KJ when it comes to throwing the ball. Um, but a little bit different build. He's not going to run over you. But he's a really good player. Chuck, I know you're going to go more in-depth on this game as we're getting ready for it tomorrow afternoon at 4.30. And you're going to do that on the latest edition of the Give Me the Hogs Chuck podcast that comes out tomorrow. Yeah, I know. It's been kind of holidays. Everybody's got to get back to business now. We are, too. Give me the Hogstuck podcast to be there tomorrow. It's always brought to you by 
Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company. And hear me talking about them a lot because, you know, here's the thing. A real estate transaction is really important. I mean, it's important. Um, and there's big money on the table. And whether you're the buyer or the seller, you want someone who's kind of been through it before, who understands the process, who understands the nuances of the market, who knows how to negotiate, who knows how to get you the best price, and then knows how to get you from contract to close. And that's what they do at Weicker Realtors, the Griffin Company. These are trained real estate professionals. This is their full-time job. This is not something they do on the side. I've partnered with them twice. My experience was great. And I think your experience will be the same way. Now, they've got an office in Fayetteville. They're in Springdale. They're in Bentonville. Uh, they're in Fort Smith, Branson, Missouri. And, of course, you can always log on to WeikertGriffin.com. We got Dennis who's listening in Massachusetts this morning. I know we got people that are listening in their untraditional spots, whether it's on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, or HitThatLine.com because you're sort of displaced with it being the holidays and you're going somewhere that you are not typically are because of family and whatnot. One thing I know people were talking about at the at the dinner table, uh, either for Christmas or in the last couple of days, Chuck, is Dallas Cowboys narrowly pulling it out against the Jalen Hurtsless Philadelphia Eagles. That was a wonderful game where Cowboys squeaked it out at the very end. Dak had some plays. We saw CeeDee Lamb have one of the best games of the season. Cowboys just found a way to pull it out at the end, man. Well, it was good entertainment. Um, you know, now, there are, now the real thing's about to begin uh, here in a couple of weeks. And um, it was a good game. Um, you know, the fact that Dallas wasn't able to forge a tie with him or make it any closer, you know, kind of took away from some of the luster. But it was an entertaining game. Cowboys always put on a good show. Um, and the Eagles do, too. So, I mean, it was, a, uh, it was a good football game to watch. It was a good win for the Cowboys. But, you know, the playoffs are what it's all about here in a little bit. This is the NFL, and uh, regular season games are great. But as soon as they're over, they're over. And the Cowboys will go to Nashville this Thursday to take on the uh, Traylon Burks' Tennessee Titans. We'll see how that game plays out. Again, they have clinched a playoff spot. Looks like they're probably going to match up against Tampa Bay, have to go to Tampa and take on Tom Brady, uh, who they ended up winning also on either what it was Christmas or Christmas Eve. I'm forgetting the one, but... Uh, for the Dallas Cowboys, Chuck, I know it's not going to be an easy road. They'll have to either probably win in Tampa and then go to Philly, just the life of the the, foot, the National Football League, like as you just referenced. Well, when you get, I mean, when you get in the playoffs, it's going to be tough. I mean, that's how it goes. You're going to play a team that, you know, they're in the postseason too. And I know Tampa's not, um, you know, that division's been bad, and um, but you know. Is anybody really going to bet against Tom Brady when we get to the playoffs? I mean, um, I'm not saying they're going to win it. I don't think they are. But um, veterans like that take on a different air when you get to the postseason. And so, um, you know, when you get to the playoffs, one or two plays probably going to decide it. And we'll have to wait and see if Dak and company can make one of those plays that gets them over the top and maybe back to an NFC championship or a Super Bowl. Chuck, I hadn't asked you this yet, man. I know we referenced a few things during Christmas. Did you did you get anything from Sam this holiday season or anyone from uh, maybe some just different family? What did you get this Christmas? <laughs> well, now, Ty, you got to understand, when you get to be my age, exchanging gifts is not as big a deal as it was. I got the usual stuff, you know, socks, socks sweater, <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. That's, see, here's the deal. I mean, it's just the truth. Um I don't really need anything. It's not really something without fit. I don't think about what am I getting anymore at Christmas. So um, it was fine. Everything was good. And um, I got exactly what I needed. Clay, uh, did Clay send you those seasonings? I think he was sending a couple of us some oh, you know what uh, seasonings that are really good. Did you get those from Clay by Well, I haven't been in town in a while. I mean, I uh, I split town after the game last week, so I don't know exactly what I have around, to be honest with you. So what is what is Memphis kind of we, – we referenced a little bit earlier. Is they, they still have their Christmas stuff up? I mean, have you – Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, everything's still um, – it's been cold. I mean, it's been cold. It snowed yesterday. So, Jeez. But, yeah, I mean, it's still um, – the, the, the Peabody Hotel is the um, always – I say always. Every time we've been here, it's been the SEC Hotel. And um, 
yeah, it's still, I mean, it's one of the grand hotels in the South and it's dressed up for Christmas, still is. So I know you've got the Peabody, you've got Beal. Have you made your way over to the Pyramid, the uh, no, Bass Pro? I haven't been to the Bass Pro Shop yet. My uh, my uh, my days as a tourist are probably over, but I've um, I've uh, spent a lot of time around the team and getting ready. But no, I have not been to the Bass Pro Shop. I think they've got their parade later on today on on Beale Street, and then they've got a bash or whatever. So still some festivities. If you're going over to Memphis either today, and I know a lot of you be making your way to that, or maybe it's a last second trip tomorrow. There are still a lot of things that you can do prior to this game tomorrow night. And maybe a way that you can get over there is in your brand new RV from Wheels RV in Springdale. They're helping you not only seek out everything the natural state has to offer, but maybe it's Tennessee. Maybe it's not just Memphis, but you go to Nashville, you go to Dollyland, you go up to North Carolina and see those mountains. You can do it all in your brand new RV. And they have brands like Grand Design, Forest River, KZ, Heartland, Keystone, Alliance, all the best brands and all the best prices at Wheels RV. Plus, you're going to get that lifetime warranty on every new RV and a mobile service shuttle to keep you camping. So come on in and see why Wheels RV was voted the best RV dealership in Northwest Arkansas, five miles west off I-49, exit 72. Seek, explore, discover with Wheels RV. Tell Lee J and Chris that Ty and Tommy sent you on the morning rush. Well, Chuck, it's, uh, you mentioned it kind of when you we started the show. It's, it's kind of weird getting back into things after Monday, and I know people obviously did their Christmas festivities over the weekend, but... Getting back into things, I heard Ricky Council talking about it. They kind of had a slow start at practice, and then Coach said after they ended up having a good one. Same with the football team. How is a, a coach, do you keep your guys focused, whether it's Eric Mosselman, they're coming off again Christmas, and then with Sam Pittman having a game so close to Christmas, what's the key to keeping your guys focused for their upcoming games tomorrow? Well, I'm not sure what the key is, but I know that it's probably a little bit more difficult than it would be in a normal week. I mean, look, here's the thing about basketball right now, though, is, I mean, you know, you got the conference opener coming up, and these kids are focused on playing basketball. I mean, <clears throat> look, when we were uh, 18, 19, 20 years old, if you can bet a couple of weeks ago for you, Ty, but for the rest of us, <laughs> if we can remember that far back, um, it's not like when you're that age, you sit around the house all day with your family. You know, you don't. I mean, uh, when I was 19, I couldn't wait for Christmas dinner to be over with so I could go get in my car and go run around with my friends or my, my cousins or all the people that were in town. And um, so I don't know that it's really that big a deal. I do think they're kids and they want to go home for Christmas, but I think they're always ready to get back to Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from the NFL and bowl season to esports. You'll find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. That's B-L-E-A-V. BetOnline, where the game starts. You're listening to the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light, proud sponsor of Arkansas Athletics. Chuck, I had forgotten about this until I got a text in this morning. That was the fire alarm year in 2009. If you missed us going into break, I asked the question, what do you have memory-wise from the 2009 and 2015 Liberty Bowl games following those seasons? And I guess it would have been in 2009 there was a maybe a, an ECU fan that pulled the fire alarm or something happened to that team hotel, Chuck? Maybe it did, but... Um... I don't recall that part. What I recall about that game was, number one, it was the coldest game that I can ever remember. And, um, you know, Quinn was our sideline guy then. <laughs> and um, so Quinn's on the sideline. And, um, you know, they've got those portable heaters that they use for these games. And if you notice in the NFL games, everybody huddles right around him. Well, Quinn's huddling over there by hours. And he's got these plastic pants on, like snow pants on the outside of him. He's layered up. <laughs> and um, 
one of the fans, you know, Quinn always banners back and forth with the fans. And one of the fans, I think, yelled out, Quinn, you're on fire. And, you know, Quinn turned around and goes, yeah, man, I'm on fire. And the guy goes, no, man, you're really on fire. And he had burned the back of the plastic pads <laughs> and they burned off. I mean, they burned completely off. And oh, in fact, my. we had to. We had to send a coat down there, I think, to wrap up his uh, wrap him up below the waist <laughs> for the rest of the game. But um, yeah, he burned his pants, and uh, that's what I remember about that game. We talked about it last night at dinner. Man, I had not heard that story, Chuck. Again, that's the that's the insight you get right here on the Morning Rush stories that's like the that. Game within the game, right there, Ty. <laughs> Oh, man, you mentioned the cold. I wish I was there in 09, just the way that game concluded with Alex Tejada kicking that game-winning field goal. Was that was that double or single OT, Chuck, that we wanted in? I, can't... Uh, I really don't remember. I uh, it, it seemed like it lasted forever. It felt like 25 overtime. Yeah. Um, those guys were kicking a cinder block out there. Ugh. I mean, it was cold, and um, when he finally made that field goal, it was, uh, it was great to win the game, but it was even greater to get out of there. And uh, that was a uh, that was a cold night, man. Coldest I've ever been in a football game. Yeah, I just, that that ECU kicker had a Lee Tiffin nightmarish day where he just kept missing field goal after field goal. But like you said, I don't really blame him based on how cold it was. If you look at that after the 2015 season going there, I think that was after New Year, so technically it was in 2016, if I remember that right. I remember that was my first time ever on Beale Street being of age, so I had a lot of fun. That was a lot, <laughs> a lot good time. We went to BB Keynes, had some good barbecue. I love Memphis, man. We grew, I grew up going there, so I love when when Arkansas plays in this game. I know it's not everyone's favorite poll, but I, I've got good memories going to Memphis, Tennessee. Well, everybody always has a good time when they come over here. If you're hung up on what the outside world thinks of you, um, and the fact that the Liberty Bowl is not one of the major bowls, and you don't feel, you know, um, you don't feel as though you've been validated as a fan when your team goes to the bowl or, or, or the Liberty Bowl. Um, it's a fun place to come. I, I'm I, I'm kind of like you. I've never I've never had a bad time in Memphis, and um, it is a unique city, and Beale Street's a unique place. And um, I know it's going to be full tonight, and as the weather wasn't, you know, wasn't real active last night because, number one, it was Monday night, and number two, it was really cold. But that's going to change as we move through the week. And, um, you know, again, this is a day trip for Razorback fans. You can decide whether you're coming today. Get a, you know, get a ticket, drive over tomorrow, and drive back after the game. And I think a lot of people will do that. Again, that is your Morning Rush Daily Question presented by Red River Dodge in Heber Springs. Arkansas's number one Ram dealer. Log on at RedRiverDodge.com. Let's talk some college basketball with Bruce Stan Pradco Fishing, who now joins us here on the Morning Rush. Bruce, I'm ready for conference play just like you are, man. It is going to be a lot of fun this conference season with so many teams, whether it's Bama, Tennessee, Arkansas, Auburn, I mean, there's a lot of teams in this league that I'm excited about. There, there's some good teams with good records. It's going to get bloody, and uh, I'm ready for it. And, and we start with some good games, like the next two games. Everybody uh, is playing ranked teams. It's just it's going to be real exciting. I really can't wait. Now, you got one SEC game tonight. It's A&M against Northwestern State. Don't tell me or ask me why A&M's not starting conference like almost everyone else is. And really, the conference play gets going tomorrow night. Arkansas, again, goes to Baton Rouge. That's a game that a lot of you are going to watch or listen to. And then you've got Tennessee against Ole Miss, Florida against Auburn, Kentucky against Missouri, Alabama against Mississippi State go in Starkville. Bruce is the game. I'm really excited to see who comes out on top. That's a good one. The one I had circled time was uh, Kentucky at Missouri. Missouri had a cupcake schedule except for the Illinois game, and uh, they're 11 and 1. And I don't think they're that good. And Kentucky played a pretty tough schedule, but lost most of their uh, tough games. Uh, they lost to Michigan State. They lost to UCLA, and I think they're they're eight and three. And uh, this is a big game uh, for both these teams. And Missouri follows this up by coming to Arkansas. So, you know, they could be 0-2, they could be 1-1, they could be 2-0, and and this will probably, these next two games will probably set how they're going to uh, kind of pan out in the SEC. But 11-1, and 
they're sitting pretty, but they outside of Illinois, they really don't have any quality wins to speak of. So that was a big win for them, but they, they need to win one of these two games if they're going to be for real. So I, I uh, not want to say a desperation game, but both these teams really need to win this game to get off on the right foot in the SEC race. Yeah, Bruce, you're exactly right. And for Arkansas, who did not play a cupcake schedule by any means, Coach mentioned that this is definitely tougher than they played last year. But it's a road test, and you really haven't had one of those true road tests yet in this season. Here is Ricky Council yesterday on what it's going to be like playing on the road. But I think we'll be ready. I mean, we've been to Spain. We've been Oklahoma, Little Rock. So we've played away before, even though it seemed like we was playing home games through all those games. But I'm sure our fans are going to come through. I know some of my family's coming through. So it'll be good for us. Bruce, there are a lot of Razorback fans that made those trips to those different places he just listed. I don't know how many fans we'll see in Baton Rouge tomorrow night. I've got a buddy that lives down there that is really excited about this game. He's going, but it's definitely going to be more purple and yellow than it will be red and white yeah i mean they they got a great home court advantage uh i was fortunate uh when arkansas first came into sec todd day went down and set the arena record for uh, an opposing player so i've definitely seen some uh amazing performances at maravich assembly center and you know i i think it's going to be a great night for arkansas uh you know lsu i don't I don't know much about them. I can't say I've seen them play yet, but I just I just got to think uh, Arkansas has got the talent and the way Arkansas has been playing. Uh, they're going to go in there and uh, get off to a good start in league play. But you know, it, it is a it is a tough place to play. Those folks like winning, and uh, you know they can get loud. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure uh, I'm sure they'll let Arkansas know. It's kind of an underrated rivalry in SEC basketball. I know LSU and Arkansas play for the Golden Boon football, and I know LSU and Arkansas had a pretty good rivalry in baseball, which LSU dominated for like almost a decade, and then Arkansas has gotten back on track a little bit. But you think about those Dale Brown, Nolan Richardson games, one of them which you just referenced. I mean, this I, I don't know what McMahon is, is like as a coach. I don't know if him and Musk know each other, but I know LSU and Arkansas have had some decent battles over the years, and maybe we'll have one tomorrow night. Well, Dale Brown, I think, in SEC circles has probably been underrated. You know, you, you, you take a, a football school to multiple Final Fours. Now, I remember that 1980 team with Duran, Macklin, and uh, Rudy Scales, they, they had some really good players. And then he had uh, the freak defense, Derek Taylor, Ricky Blanton team that kind of uh, slipped into the final four. I mean, he that coach. And all y'all that were at the last game at uh, Barnhill, you know, Dale Brown came out and said some really nice things uh, after, after the last game there. And uh, I, I, I think Arkansas fans think well of uh, Dale Brown. And there, there's no – Doubting the type of recruiting uh, he had, you know, Ty, that first that that game, Todd Day set the record. You look out there, and there's uh, Shaquille O'Neal and Stanley Roberts and Chris Jackson, and you're seeing all these NBA players, you know. And uh, Arkansas had Big O and Lee Mayberry and Todd Day. It was just an amazing uh, assembly of talent for a, just a regular season conference game. So. Uh, you know, LSU, they'll, they'll bring it, and uh, it'll definitely be worth watching. Is Bama the team to beat in the SEC this year, Bruce? Bama's battle-tested, Ty. They, they've uh, gone on the road and beat number one Houston. Uh, they beat number one North Carolina. They played Gonzaga at a neutral site in Birmingham. But I'd say out of all the SEC teams, they've, they've by far played uh, the toughest schedule. They went on the road to number one and got it done. So, yeah, Nate Oates, he's backing up the contract they gave him. He's backing up with uh, new talent, and uh, it's impressive. You know, I kind of – I didn't really know what to expect from Alabama, but uh, they've definitely in the non-conference part of the season uh, have gotten it done. Obviously, Tennessee has a big win uh, in a a championship game uh, against Kansas, and uh, they went on the road, played a tough game in Arizona. So, you know, they've, they've played a real tough schedule. Barnes always does that. And I think uh, I think they'll definitely be in the mix. But, no, Alabama's probably uh, performed the best. <clears throat> but, you know, Arkansas, 
they're going to be right there. They got the talent. They got the coaching. Uh, Musselman knows how to scout teams, and you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully Nick's uh, knee injury will enable him to play a lot of these conference games. They're going to need him, uh, especially when you hit the road. Some of these tougher games, uh, but you know, that's probably probably the three I'd say are the biggest threats to win it right now: Alabama, Arkansas, and Tennessee. We're talking with Bruce Stan to Pradco Fishing. You bring up Nick. The fact that Arkansas hasn't had him in the majority of the season, they lost Trevin Brazil to an ACL, only one non-conference loss, a, a three-point loss to Creighton. Well, where does that put Muss on just what he's done in conference? Excuse me, non-conference play to this point, and and I'm assuming you think he's probably in contention for SEC Coach of the Year based on where you think Arkansas could end up. Well, I, I think he has to be, and you know. This is what Calipari's always dealt with. You bring in these alphas, these five stars, and they're used to being the man, and you've got to figure out somebody's got to take a lesser role. Somebody's not going to get as many points. You know, somebody's got to be happy being the assist guy or the rebound guy. And it's, it's tough. You know, it's, it's a blessing to get all these five stars, but then you got to figure it all out. And I think the toughest part has been Nick's not been available the whole time. And you're having to adjust with Brazil going down, so you're you're having to really figure out how minutes are being allocated, you know. And uh, you know, Devo wasn't playing a lot, and now he's going to play a lot. It looks like for the time being, and just you just got to manage all that. And I think he's really good at that, communicating with his players. The one on ones are important, and uh, getting belief, and uh, he he seems to be able to do that. Bruce, stand again with us, Pradco Fishing. Bruce, by the way, I was hanging out with your son last week. Cole's a He's tall, man. I thought you were tall, but uh, I think he's uh, <laughs> he's uh, surpassed you a little bit in height, man. Yeah, Cole, Cole, Cole weighs in at 6'5". He still got me by about 30 pounds on the weight. He needs to get some of that football weight off from when he played at Hendricks. But uh, I'm sure you met his uh, wife, Courtney. She's, she's almost six feet tall herself, so. Uh, we're, we're we're hoping some for some future basketball stars at some point. <laughs> what the uh, what the Suns get for <laughs> Christmas this holiday season, Bruce? Well, Cole unfortunately follows in my footsteps. He's a Tennessee fan and a Washington Commanders fan, so I always load him up with gear. Just make sure the brainwashing sticks. My oldest son Gray, he's he's hog through and through. He went to UAMS Pharmacy School, so. He's got a degree from Arkansas and uh, definitely loves the Hogs, loves the Titans for some reason. Back when Eric McNair was good, he kind of fell in love with the Titans. And then uh, my youngest son, Slate, he's a Packers fan. You know, we always call him a front runner. Everybody kind of rooted for uh, Brett Favre back in the day. And uh, college, he'll kind of flip back and forth. You know, he's some, when, when Arkansas's winning, he'll root for them. When Tennessee's winning, he'll root for them. He's probably not as passionate about that, but uh, – why well, got him a bunch of cooking utensils? He got an air fryer and a crock pot and a waffle maker. When you're 19 and living on your own in college and you like cooking, you know that. I guess uh, that's a good thing. I, I can't say I knew how to work those utensils when I was 19. Oh, I'm glad they. Uh, I'm glad they had a good. Guy, you home. still might not. Man, I uh, I cook stovetop chicken four times a week. My roommates always make fun of me for cooking the same thing. I I used to be a much more avid cook. My brother loves to cook. He got some charcuterie stuff and some cookbooks this holiday season. I uh, I need to venture back into that because it's it's a lot of fun. I just uh, I don't know. I, I guess yeah. I guess I say I don't have time for it, but I do. But it's just being lazy and, and getting into the rhythm, I guess. But you you, you referenced. Uh, oh. oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say charcuterie is good for us lazy people because it sounds cool and impresses people, but you're just chopping up sausages and uh, cheese. I mean, it's not that difficult. Yeah, it's uh, and it's and it looks it looks great. The spread looks great when you whip it out for a tailgate or whatever the case may be. Uh, Bruce, you referenced yeah. the the hog sun, Arkansas, Kansas, Liberty Bowl tomorrow four thirty. We'll have pregame coverage beginning right here on ESPN Arkansas at 1.30 and hit that line.com as well. Going to have a whole soiree of shows, Morning Rush, Halftime, and Ruskin and Zach all leading up to that. I mean, you're, you've got Tennessee connections all over the place, so I was talking with Chuck about it. You've got Beale Street, the Peabody, the Pyramid, Barbecue. What are some other things that fans need to do while in Memphis, Tennessee? I mean, you know, you always check out the Grizzlies. If they're in town, 
There's all kinds of places on Beale Street. If you like uh, blues music, I mean, you can do the touristy thing, go to B.B. King's, or there's some more hole-in-the-wall type places. But, you know, B.B. King's probably a family place. You get good food, and you see kind of more pop-style music. But, you know, if you want real blues, there's real artists trying to make it. And, man, they'll they'll lay their heart out on the microphone and the guitar, and uh, you'll feel it. I mean... And usually the later, the better. If you like staying up 2, 3 a.m., there's probably not a better place in uh, this part of the country than Bill Street to do something like that. So it's, it's a cultural experience. Uh, I'm not much on uh, Graceland. I love the Pyramid. <coughs> used to be a home for great basketball. Now it's Bass Pro Shops and Ducks Unlimited. So that's a, that's a good thing to see. It's the biggest elevator in the state of Tennessee. You get a great <laughs> view of Arkansas when you look west over the Mississippi River, so that's, that's worth checking out. Just, uh, But, <clears throat> you know, you want to see a meaningful college football game, I promise you Kansas is probably taking this game real serious. They don't get to go to a lot of bowl games, and it's a big deal for them and their fans. So uh, hopefully Arkansas remember some of the NCAA tournament games where Kansas beat them, and they'll get a little fire in their belly and want to strike back at them. Bruce, before we let you go, again, help a city slicker like myself. What's going on? I know you're fishing this weekend today. What is the latest people need to be using from Pradco in December as we get into January in 2023 as well? Well, we're up here on the White River at Trainers. Uh, Donald's been guiding for Pradco for about 25 years. He's a good dude. And we got Bill Dance with us. We're filming up here on the White River somewhere between Bull Shoals Dam and uh, the North Fork River. Uh, we're covering a lot of water. We're hoping to catch the water on a rise today. And when that happens, those brown trout will get in those eddies. So you can throw a lot of things. Uh, but, you know, we're going to throw some track down rebels on skinny water. And when the water gets rolling a little more, multiple generators, we'll probably throw uh, Smith of Rogue, uh, an original suspended rattling rogue, four and a half inches. And we'll probably throw chrome black, chrome blue, Maybe white belly, maybe orange belly, maybe some clown, maybe a gold rogue, but uh, just beat the banks like if you're bass fishing. 17 degrees, so have you some hot hands in your pockets, and you better make sure you got some good boots on because your feet and hands will get very cold on days like today. Fortunately, the wind's not blowing like it was yesterday. Uh, you know, we were out there yesterday afternoon, temperature dropped about 10 degrees, and we were actually glad to get off the water. Even though we were catching quite a few brown trout, uh, it got cold. So it's going to warm up today, probably getting the upper 30. So we're waiting for the sun to come up. Yeah. Well, you have fun the rest of your, your day and your week, Bruce. Uh, have a great rest of 2022. We'll talk next week and uh, send me some more fish like you have been the last couple of days. All right, Ty. Happy New Year, bud. All right, good stuff from Bruce Dan to Pradco Fishing. Again, everything you All need right. fishing-wise, Pradco can help you out. Made right here in the great state of Arkansas. We're going to talk some more with Chuck coming up. He is live from Memphis this morning, and uh, all of our coverage in Memphis is brought to you by High Tech Refrigeration Service. Since 1996, High Tech has specialized in transport refrigeration repair. They also repair dry vans, flatbeds, and hopper trailers, Acres of parking available for your truck at low monthly rates, plus DOT inspections, truck batteries, trailer lighting, trailer rentals, unit swaps, and 24-7 roadside assistance. They also carry over 3,000 parts in stocks, and they are a genuine thermo-keen and carrier parts dealer. High truck refrigeration service, 6410 Alma Highway in Van Buren, 479-474-2220. All right, let's get to something serious this morning. This whole thing in Austin, Texas, going on with Chris Beard. You haven't heard his uh, fiance is kind of, quote-unquote, recanted. Chris and I are deeply saddened that we have brought negative attention upon our family, friends, and the University of Texas, among others. As Chris's fiance and biggest supporter, I apologize for the role I played in the unfortunate event. I realized my frustration when breaking the glasses initiated a physical struggle between Chris and myself. Chris did not strangle me. And I told that to law enforcement that evening. Chris has stated that he was acting in self-defense, and I did not refute that. I do not believe Chris was intentionally trying to harm me in any way. It was never my intent to have him arrested or prosecuted. We appreciate everyone's support and prayers during this difficult time. Now, he's still suspended 
I now had basketball coach for Texas. Now, let me, let me just read you the police report of what happened after this, in the aftermath of this. This is according to their police report. While on scene, the officer that's blanked out stated the following injuries from tonight's reported assault by Christopher. A bite mark to the right forearm, visible teeth marks in redness, abrasion to her right amp- eyebrow and temple area, abrasion scraped to her left leg and knee to her foot, cut to her left thumb with dry blood. Stated, my leg is killing me right now when she was dragged off to the bed by Christopher. And that is according to the police report from that. But that, as you just heard, that was what Chris Beard's fiance said following that a couple of days after. Interesting times in Austin, Texas with that basketball program. Will Chris Beard continue to be the head coach there? I have no idea. I'm just reading you what the police report said this morning. First Western Bank. We are more than just a bank. We are your partner for all your financial services. First Western has real professionals with years of experience in banking, mortgage, insurance, and investments. From financial services to personal and business insurance to investment products, mortgages, and small business banking. First Western with locations throughout Northwest Arkansas and the River Valley and online at firstwestern.com. Exceptional financial services all in one place. First Western Bank. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. You're listening to the Bud Light Next Morning Rush Podcast. Bud Light Next is for the next era of beer drinkers with zero carbs and only 80 calories. So, Chuck, we're going to come back to this Liberty Bowl thing, but I do I do want to ask you kind of the latest what's going down in Austin, Texas. I don't know if you got a chance to, to hear what I was talking about earlier, but with Chris Beard's fiance basically recanting what happened, um, what was initially reported and it's still in the, the police report. Kind of your thoughts on the still suspended Chris Beard and that situation going down with the men's basketball program. Well, you know, I'm just kind of like you. I mean, I know what I read on that. And I, I don't um, I don't know exactly what happened. Obviously, wasn't there. Um, all we can really go by are the reports. Um, I, I um, you know, when things like this happen, sometimes the immediate thought is, well, you know, that individual is going to get fired. And sometimes that does happen. Uh, sometimes it doesn't. I, I don't know what the conclusion of this is going to be. I have no idea. They obviously had, uh, you know, the kind of dispute that ended up in the police being called. So beyond that, I'm 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 kind of like everybody else. I'm just watching and waiting to see what happens. You think about just in today's society, and and I'm. I'm perfectly in this camp, too. I'm not going to sit here and tell you I don't do this. I think we jump to conclusions on a lot of things, and I'm not just pointing to this one example in Austin, but I'm talking about cases of, of anything of sort. And so for the reporting and all this to play out, I think it's important to to let it happen as we continue to kind of, like you said, monitor what's going on because that's one of the premier programs, at least this year in college basketball. And if they don't have their head coach, I think that's definitely going to change. Well, it certainly will affect them if they don't have him throughout the season. Although, um, you know, teams will hit their stride, you know, if they're good. And Texas is really good. So um, I'm not saying I don't think they can win without him being there. I I just think that, um, you know, we're just going to have to wait and see how this transpires. I I have no idea what's going to happen there long term. Um, He's obviously fighting to keep his job. And otherwise, this statement wouldn't have been issued by his fiance, which I'm sure was at the urging of, of, of his attorneys. So um, it's obvious by this he's fighting to keep his job. But how it's going to turn out, I, I, I just don't know. Well, Chuck, I don't like you're saying, I don't know what's going to happen with that. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow afternoon when you have the Jayhawks and Razorbacks face off. I do know you're going to get to watch two pretty fun quarterbacks that have similar capabilities. They're just a little bit different size. Yeah, both of them can run and throw. I mean, KJ's bigger than Jalen Daniels, but um, you know, Daniels is six foot and two fifteen, and KJ's six three and about two forty five. So they're different types of builds, but you know, they're both combo guys. And Daniels, I mean, they're going to run a true RPO, and um, he's um, he's very elusive. You know, when he was healthy, I mean, they were five and zero. Oh. So um, you know, I suspect that we're going to see a game where the quarterbacks do a lot of running. 
Um, Arkansas's receiver core is very depleted. Um, Kansas's weakness has been stopping the run. So, um, you know, I sort of think that's what Arkansas is going to lean on. I feel pretty sure of that. And, you know, again, Daniels for them is one of those guys who can, I mean, make people miss. And so um, I'm sure that's what they'll try to do with him. Uh, he's not the only guy that they've got. And the one thing that they've been able to do, part of it was because of the backup that played a lot, was um, they spread the ball around. I mean, when you look at their numbers, they got a lot of guys who caught balls and scored touchdowns. Um, you know, when you look at them offensively, they had 27 rushing touchdowns and 27 passing touchdowns. So, um, but now they don't put as many yards up as Arkansas does. Um, they, but now here's a, you know, there's a real stat that I think's, you know, real interesting is Arkansas has got 39 sacks this year. The defense has sacked the quarterback 39 times. Kansas has only given up nine sacks. Oh, wow. So, um, um, you know, and part of that's the elusiveness of the quarterback, you know, the the, the ability to run out of trouble. So um, I think that's going to be something to watch is if Kansas can't run and they have to throw, um, will they be able to protect to the level that they have? I don't think they will. But, you know, I guess we'll find out. If they run the ball, we won't find out. But if they don't run the ball well and they do have to throw uh, or when they want to throw, um, I'm going to be interested to see if Arkansas can get after the quarterback. And I, I don't have the stats in front of me. I think Drew ended up this season, at least regular season-wise, leading the team in sacks. And I know his presence will be missed not only with rushing the quarterback but various other reasons. Who's that pass rusher, Chuck, that you're expecting to, to get after the quarterback tomorrow afternoon? Well, I think you've always got to look at the edge guys in terms of the defensive line, and Dominic's been a guy that's gotten after the quarterback pretty good. Um, but I think Chris Paul, you know, I think Pooh Paul's the guy that's got to uh, – he's he's probably got to be the guy defensively that's all over the field. I think he's, um, um, you know, he's going to have to play a good game. You know, when, uh, when other teams, you know, run the ball too, I mean, you've got to have good run support coming up from your – from your safety. So um, I think all that's going to play a role. But if, you know, if I was going to pick one guy that I would say, boy, it'd be nice if he could have a great game, it would probably be Poopal. Yeah, the thing about Chris, he has that coach's son DNA. You can just tell by the way he talks in press conferences, the way he goes about his business. Chuck, there's a reason he was a freshman All-American and freshman All-SEC guy. I know he's technically a red shirt or whatever, but that kid can play, and I know there's some excitement about Crook and some others, but I love what he brings to the table. Well, he's got four sacks. He's got eight tackles for loss. He recovered a fumble. Um, you know, if you watch this year, I mean, in, in, in passing downs, they took Bumper off the field and brought, uh, brought, brought Paul in. Um, and, you know, Crook's played every game. It's not like Jordan Crook hadn't played. Um, he's played in every game. So um, they know what's going on out there. Um, you know, even Manny Powell, who's, you know, we've not talked about him a lot at uh, linebacker, kid from Fayetteville. Um, Manny's played in 10 games. Now, it's been special teams primarily, and Jackson Woodard's played in games, and um, pretty much every game, I guess. And so it's not like these guys hadn't been out there. They've just not always been out there in that spot. Yeah. Well, in, in the case of Poopal, Chuck, that might be a guy that we try and get on weekly next year with some NIL deal or something. I was going to say, maybe you should. I know who to talk to, uh, by the way. And, and, you know, if you're a business in Northwest Arkansas and you're interested in NIL marketing, um, I want to recommend Fieldhouse Sports Marketing to you. Uh, they're, they're your Northwest Arkansas NIL authority. They'll help you get started. Uh, they work with student-athletes uh, from all over the place to connect them to opportunities that maximize their potential, benefit our economy, benefit local businesses, live appearances, social media promotions, commercial production, uh, community engagement, all kinds of things that can be mutually beneficial. Uh, you can call 202-5031. That's 202 or you can visit fhsportsmarketing.com, Fieldhouse Sports Marketing. They'll get you connected to a local student athlete. And uh, welcome to the Fieldhouse. All right, let's talk to another guy in Memphis. That is Tom Murphy of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette and Whole Hog Sports. 
Tom, have you got your barbecue filling yet, man? What have you been eating on? <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Uh, we've been kind of stationary down here in the media hotel. It's been um, a rugged go of it a little bit with the water pressure situation and all. But, yeah, we went over to the rendezvous last night and had the appetizer, the sausage, cheese, good stuff, and uh, thankful that uh, they put on a little media social for us. It's always nice when when food's free and the drinks are free, man. I was that was a little uh, disappointed I didn't get to make the trek over there, but I'm back here in, in the great state of Arkansas, and you're down there, Tom. Get kind of give your feel. We're here from Pittman later on at 11 o'clock today. We got to talk to some players last night. I like Dalton Wagner's approach. Hey, this is only the second bowl game that I've gotten to play in here at Arkansas. Do you get that sense the, from the rest of the team that that's kind of been passed on a little bit? Um, a little bit. And, you know, Dalton Wagner is one of the guys on this team who football means a lot to him. He just said he couldn't sleep at night if he if he didn't come play in this game. I mean, or he would sleep easier at night if he played. And, you know, sometimes I think we miscalculate the value or importance of going to a bowl city and, you know, getting the gifts and having the, the social hours and things and this one's been a little bit um, less of a production than, say, the Outback Bowl last year, simply because it's so close to Christmas and the weather has tamped things down. Uh, but my biggest overarching thought on, on this bowl game is is how important is it to Arkansas? And uh, Bob and I got to sit down with Sam Pittman on Sunday night. We were the only media here at the time. And in no uncertain terms, this, this game is very important to Sam. He wants to win it. And the players who are here – are bought in, and so what we're going to see is guys who don't have a ton of receptions like Jaden Wilson, Isaiah Satania, and even Bryce Stevens out there competing, um, and linebackers like you, I heard you guys just talk about who, who's gotten a ton, or, ton of action this year and a lot of TFLs and sacks, but, but paired with Jordan Crook and some other guys who, uh, yeah, they've been on special teams, but what we're going to see, we're going to see them matched up against you know, Jalen Daniels, he's going to break the pocket and he's going to be running and a guy like Jordan Crook or Manny Powell is going to have to track him down. And so uh, I, I just think um, how important this game is to the Razorbacks, we're going to get a sense on Wednesday. Thomas, is it just as simple as feeding Rocket and KJ offensively? Well, if they can block Kansas up, um, I, you know, that could that could be a big component here. Um, if, if Kansas cannot... And, and their defensive coordinator yesterday, uh, Borland, uh, I asked him that, you know, the, about the one-two punch of Jefferson and Sanders. And he's like, yeah, that's their strength. And they haven't been a good run-stop team. I think they're somewhere around 114th in the country at stopping the run. So, yes, if Arkansas can get away with just handing the ball off and controlling the game that way, I think they'll do a lot of that. But they're also going to pass the ball. They're also going to be in passing situations. and. Uh, we're going to have to see what the communication has been like with KJ and a bunch of different guys. And of course, throwing to Matt Landers has, has always been an option this year, and he's gotten some deep balls. But yeah, it, it will be a long day for the Jayhawks if they struggle to get Rocket Sanders on the ground. Matt Landers is the guy that a lot of people are keeping an eye on. Tom, how many targets do you think he gets tomorrow afternoon? Yeah, good question. I, he could get as many as eight to 10, I would think. Um, it just depends on how much the pass game is, is part of what they need to do. And uh, their cornerbacks are pretty good. I asked K.J. Jefferson about them yesterday. Um, two and three. I don't know the guys' names right now. but they're, uh, Well, Kobe Bryant I know is one of them. But they're, they're solid cornerbacks. And um, he says, K.J. Jefferson said they're really good at not getting thrown off at the line of scrimmage, meaning they don't, they don't go for – early fakes and stuff like that. So um, Arkansas line is going to have to protect up and give him time to get the ball downfield to uh, Landers. We're talking with Tom Murphy of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette and the Whole Hawk Sports this morning. Tom, I, Chuck referenced it earlier. We were advocating for younger guys to play, specifically Isaiah Satania. Well, now we're getting our wish tomorrow. A young guy that you may be honed in on that you've been wanting to see, not just in spot situations, but maybe a starting or a, a, a lot of minutes. Who's that one young kid that you're going to be monitoring throughout the game? Well, I mean, I haven't thought about that specific idea for this game. But I will tell you that Jordan Crook is one. Um, he's, he's going to be a starter. 
how does he, you know, how does he react to the, the extended playing time? Can he come down and tackle their their big back, Devin Neal? Can he get to Jalen Daniels? You know, can he can he uh, be involved in a foot race with him to the edge? Um, can he win that? Uh, but there's there's a bunch of guys. I mean, Nathan Bax hasn't been a starter tight end. How's he going to do? Can he be targeted? Because <laughs> I'm I'm just writing about this for the, the matchups tomorrow. You got Landers with 44 receptions, and the next highest wideout is eight, Bryce Stevens. You know who had a phenomenal touchdown catch against Mississippi State. But he's going to get more chances. So there's really guys uh, across the board who you know w- will be intrigued as, as to how they handle. Increased playing time. And I think going forward, I think Sam Pittman and his staff are going to have to, and I don't know if relent is the right word, but they're going to have to be more receptive to playing more guys. Because there's these, all these offensive line commits they've been stacking up for a couple, three years, and they've got very minimal playing time. I think they're going to have to be more um, open to giving those guys reps in games, to giving guys like, Crook and Manny Powell reps during game, and, and it has to start next year because they were tested in the secondary with their their all their injuries, and found out that a guy named Quincy McAdoo could play, um, and a lot of d- different DBs got some action this year, and I think that needs to happen more across the board. Now, look, their schedule did not um, uh, allow as much of that as you would like. Because that, there was not a, a blowout game. I mean, they were every game that they played that there went down and went to the second half was tight. There were no blowouts, and even Missouri State they had to fight back and win. So, I just think even in conference games going forward, uh, if you're recruiting well and you want to keep your younger players involved and you know less prone to jump in that transfer portal, that you got to give playing time to more guys. All right, last thing here, Tom. We'll talk some basketball with you. Must getting a shot to go to Baton Rouge. Didn't get a chance to go last year. Keith Smart and company actually went and ended up winning that game. That was a big win to kind of get them going a little bit. Uh, I think Arkansas is going to probably end up winning this game tomorrow night. I think Justice Hill, that connection is going to be interesting to see how that dynamic plays out. I know you've been football-focused being in Memphis, but any read on what's going to happen Baton Rouge tomorrow night? Well, I don't know a ton about the old the LSU roster so far. I mean, I, I stay pretty buried in football. Um, and, but Justin Hill's got good numbers, and, you know, he and Coach Hill, they wanted to show that he could be an SEC caliber player, and, and he's doing that. Um, it's going to be a tough road venue, but they've done a good job overhauling their roster. And, and then they still have some a, a few carryovers from last year. Uh, what I like is that, that Eric Musselman and staff have shown – their adaptability, you know, certain guys didn't have a ton of minutes in some games, Jalen Graham and, you know, Pinion and some other guys. But then when you start, you know, you lose Trevin Brazil, uh, Nick Smith's been kind of out and in and out, and they've found ways. And uh, it shows that the, the depth of recruiting on this roster is, is real. And, you know, it's, what they do is, is on a game-by-game basis is always fascinating because, Different teams have different challenges. Um, I just think on the whole, I was worried about their half-court offense after the Greensboro game, but you know they came back against Oklahoma and showed uh, their half-court offense could be real and explosive, and that was good to see because we just think of them as being really good when they're in transition. Um, but um, I, I think that I think shooting is going to be the thing we, we watch with this team all year long, how well they can shoot it. And there's going to be certain games where they're going to have to hit threes. And uh, that's going to start showing up during conference play where it's, it's more magnified, more important for them. Tom, we'll leave it there this morning. Enjoy the rest of your time in Memphis this week. And we'll see what happens when we talk to you on Thursday following Arkansas's game against Kansas tomorrow afternoon. Will do. Enjoy it. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Subscribe to the Hit That Line Podcast Network, the best podcast in the natty state. Just search Hit That Line wherever you listen to podcasts. Brought to you by Breeden RV Center. This is the story of the one. 
As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.